Welcome to P.I.'s Declassified, an inside look at the world of private investigators. Your host is Francie Kaler, a noted private investigator. Francie and her guests take you behind the scenes and into the genuine, sometimes gritty business of investigation. You'll hear stories from the trenches with plenty of surprises. Here's your host, Francie Kaler. And gritty business it is sometimes, human trafficking, children for sale. Children are being bought, sold, and smuggled right out from under our noses and right here in the United States, maybe even in your neighborhood. It's highly lucrative, and incredibly, sometimes it's even the parents who profit. Unfortunately, it's a high demand. Sometimes it is organized by a mob-like network, and they lure someone by, enticing, by an enticing pretext and transport to large convention cities. The children are typically used for sexual gratification, but often... It's promulgated by people whom the child knows and trusts. Today, my guests are human trafficking expert Dottie Laster and Missouri private investigator Melinda Kidder. Good morning, Dottie and Melinda. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for joining me today. Dottie founded Glasser Global Consulting in 2007, where her stated objective is to join the private sector, government, and non-governmental agencies to make the U.S. safer for victims and hostile for human traffickers. She's the co-founder of San Antonio's Coalition Against Human Trafficking and the past administrator of the Orange County, California Human Trafficking Task Force. Today, she's the executive director of Million Kids, a group dedicated to ending slavery and the commercial exploitation of children. While she was working for YMCA International, Dottie was appointed to the U.S. Attorney's Human Trafficking Rescue Alliance Task Force, where she trained over 5,000 police officers and worked directly with victims. She's a certified trainer for the U.S. Department of Justice and trains law enforcement and others and provides consulting to businesses, investigators, attorneys, and groups that serve victims of trafficking and prosecute traffickers. Dottie, what exactly is human trafficking? Um, human trafficking is actually modern slavery. And uh, the short definition is anyone held in service of another through force, fraud, or coercion, <clears throat> or any minor in commercial sex under the age of 18. Okay. And how did you become so passionate on this subject? Um, you know, as a little kid, I often, as twisted as it sounds, I thought about slavery when we studied it in school, and I was fascinated by that time in history. And I often thought about what would I have done? You know, would I have answered the call and I would have risked my life and family to free slaves? Or would I have bought slaves and just tried to give them the best life that I could? Um, where would I have taken the risk? And, um, you know, as a little kid thinking that, I never dreamed that I'd actually find out for myself what those answers would be. So when I was getting my graduate degree at, at St. Mary's University in San Antonio, Texas, um, when I heard a speaker from the State Department say slavery exists and there are laws to stop it and we need your help, I said, I found what I'm going to do with my education. Very interesting. And how long ago was that? That was in 2003. And literally from that moment, that moment when I knew, I have hit the ground running and have never stopped. It sounds like. So besides law enforcement agencies, who else would be interested in your training? Um, community groups, religious organizations, private investigators. I spoke before the World Association of Detectives a year or two ago. That was very successful. Um, there's a lot of religious organizations that have begun to answer the call to help victims. I would say they're probably uh, one of my most, uh, the most, uh, they call me more often than, than most groups. Law enforcement is probably my top group that I train. And then uh, community, community organizations like homeowners associations, um, high school, you know, maybe parents, PTAs, and then also um, business organizations, as they, they run a really large risk 
because traffickers don't use their own resources. They target legitimate businesses. And due to the zero tolerance of the new laws, these businesses are at risk and may not even know it, and they could lose absolutely everything if they're found to have benefited from slave labor. Okay. So this, hmm, this is talking, addressing more of bringing people in from outside the United States or local people where they've moved to another location? It's actually both. According to the law, movement is not required to meet the level of trafficking, and it's unfortunate we have that name that's very confusing because traffic implies movement. But what it is is modern slavery. So anyone held in service of another through force, fraud, or coercion is a victim of trafficking. And anyone that contributed to that, the recruiter, the, the one that went out and seduced the person, the parent, maybe the person never left their own home, um, an acquaintance, the person that actually did transport them or force them or coerce them or even sell them, all those people are liable the same as each other. And there's, um, there's a law called the Trafficking Victim Victims Protection Act. Is that right? Yes. The Trafficking Victims Protection Act was passed in 2000, and it was reauthorized in 2003, 2005, and 2008. So each time it's gotten um, more protective of victims and more punitive for anyone who has benefited or participated in the trafficking. And this applies to any government contractor whose employees, subcontractors, or their employees engage in any kind of trafficking. Yes, yes, and that is, um, that is actually very widespread because as you're, let's say you're fitting out bids for a contract, most likely you're going to take the lowest or near the lowest bid. Well, a lot of times those bids are low because the labor is not being paid. So you can imagine the ripple effect this is going to have as these investigations are increasing and more businesses are being caught in this. I've, I've seen uh, cases late, lately where investigations have just begun and people have been charged that were subcontracting to major um, department stores such as Target and Walmart. Wow. Hmm. Well, for listeners that might be interested in your training, Dottie, give us an example of what your training might include. Our training is interactive and dynamic. Um, we uh, use real case studies, videos, um, actual outcomes and barriers that we've experienced working cases the last seven years. So um, we would go over indicators of trafficking, how to identify victims, where you might find it in your community, how to report to law enforcement, which is you'll find as we talked to Melinda, how difficult that can be, how you can move cases along, missing persons cases, how to look at them in a new light, and um, laws, both state and federal, that affect um, wherever the training is held. We, we adapt it to that area to make sure you're aware of what's going on in your community and what laws are there to assist victims and to prosecute traffickers. Very good. And, and this applies to just your general everyday local business as well as it does to um, big multinational organization as well, correct? That is correct. I live in a town of 58,000 people, very small, um, little bit touristy, conservative, historical, nothing that would make you think there's trafficking going on here. And when I'm at home, I try not to look for trafficking well, I've run into one case involving 12 people, and two of them are children, and two other cases involving families whose family members were sucked into trafficking. And I was just going to breakfast. I mean, I really literally was just going to breakfast when I found all these cases. I was not looking for it. So if it's here when, when I'm desperately trying not to see it so I can have a break, I guarantee you it's in every, it's in most product streams. And it's in every community. Interesting. So when you say that you've investigated cases over the years, how do you get involved in investigation? Well, um, a lot of times, especially in my first few jobs, my role was to help the victims. And what I found was if there wasn't someone easy for law enforcement to arrest or investigate, 
the victims were kind of hanging out there because one of the requirements to get their visas is they must cooperate with law enforcement and they must show some sort of uh, reasonable, att reasonable attempt to have reported their case. And then there has to be some corroborating evidence. So, you know, it's very, very difficult to get these visas. And what I found was that if there was no law enforcement really excited about the case, we had to find a way to support these victims' cases. And so I started getting into investigation, and I'm not an investigator. I just started learning how to do it and enlisting people like Melinda and other very generous investigators that came along willing to help. And um, that's what kind of got me dragged down the investigation line. And what I found was because there's only a very small handful of dedicated law enforcement on this issue, there's plenty that know about it and do it as a side part of their job. But as a dedicated portion of their everyday job, there's only a handful. I found that we're really behind the curve on investigation, so it, it just kind of snowballed from there. So just to, just to be clear, because um, there may be people listening that would be concerned about somebody doing investigations as not a licensed private investigator. You're not actually doing the investigation yourself. You're just kind of the point person to, uh, a lot, to identify resources like Melinda and other private investigators or law enforcement or other agencies who might want to get involved. My is role correct? is kind of the glue. I coordinate all those aspects. So as we'll talk about with Melinda's case, you know, engaged a licensed investigator to gather enough information so then that could be coordinated with law enforcement. And then as law enforcement is getting involved, they may need more resources or training or information. As I said, they often don't work on this full time. So then again, I step in as well. I see. And for somebody like Melinda, it's usually uh, done pro bono or for free. Is that, isn't that correct? Yes. There's... Um, Occasionally a small budget, but, but by the nature of our, our crime where someone's enslaved, there's usually not a paying party unless there's a family missing a loved one. And, uh, you know, even then it winds up being pro bono usually. Well, from talking to you um, before the show, Dottie, um, I became aware that any time you see a missing child, that's the first thing you think of is human trafficking, isn't it? I do. If you don't have a body and you have some, obviously someone that went missing, I mean, um, it, you know, it just has to be part of something you, you at least attempt to roll out. And I, I don't see that happening regularly yet. And um, a lot of times, I mean, I was called in on a case years ago um, from an, a private investigator that had a mom who said, look, I know my daughter's dead. I just need to find the body, I can't rest. And we turned that with very little information and, and the help of amazing private investigators into a live child that was found that was being trafficked. So, and that was all in the United States. So you can see if you just have that possibility and you explore the possibility of trafficking, you can have a different outcome, especially if it's early. I see. Okay, you're listening to human trafficking expert and consultant Dottie Laster. More, more in a moment. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at one 866 472-5787 voiceamerica.com Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. 
For a national association, Francie's Choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the Council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the Council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Do you need directions to solve financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. We're discussing children for sale the looming epidemic of trafficking children for sex. Joining in the discussion this morning is Melinda Kidder. She's a licensed private investigator and owns Columbia Investigations in Columbia, Missouri. Melinda has a passion for assisting children and in difficult situations and victims of abuse and has volunteered as a court-appointed special advocate, ACASA, and a guardian ad litem in the Jackson County, Missouri Family Court to help child victims of abuse. As an aside, by the way, she is a fourth-degree black belt instructor and teaches martial arts and safety uh, mentorship and leadership. So um, she would be a good person to have around. <laughs> Melinda, how did you get into the private investigation business? Well, uh, I've always been uh, interested in figuring out what makes people tick. Um, always been interested in mysteries. On a personal note, I've, uh, I was adopted and I've always been interested in uh, trying to find my birth mother. Um, always uh, oh, traveled a lot when I was a child and uh, always watched people in airports and, and you know, uh, uh, created stories about them and, and um, really got an idea of... Uh, Surveillance, I guess you could say. <laughs> I see. Okay. And so you had a case where you suspected the child was being pimped by her mother. Tell us about that. And, and also tell us about the frustration you experienced trying to get somebody to, to pay attention to what you were trying to tell them. Well, it, it, it's pretty much an incredible case. And unfortunately, um, you know, it's been over a year since we've actually worked the case. Um, there's really a lack of viable avenues for the investigation at this point, but we were contacted initially by um, the founder of GROW, which is uh, Grandparents and Others on Watch. It's a local grassroots organization, and they have a goal to prevent and build an awareness of child abuse, and they forward us, forwarded us information uh, from a neighbor who had seen a child dressed provocatively. Um, by provocatively, provocatively they meant uh, the child was wearing a tube top, mini skirt, wearing makeup, and standing in their front yard in a trailer park late at night 
with the mother sitting naked on their porch while um, older men would drive up in vehicles, take the child away for 30 to 45 minutes, return, drop the child off, and drive away. And wow. later on, they would see uh, reports seeing uh, another child being brought into the, the trailer with an adult and photographic equipment and they were concerned they'd contacted the police and felt that the police had not followed up properly and they didn't know what to do. So mm -hmm. um, we contacted Dottie because we knew that she um, would have some some help for us. Some, she's always been uh, just a great resource and she gave us some advice on the case and we started investigating. Okay, and what, what were some of the without going into a lot of details, because we don't necessarily want the people that are doing this with this little girl to, to know exactly what you do, but what kinds of things um, did you do? Did you do surveillance or did you? Absolutely. We did uh, quite a bit of surveillance. And another issue was that uh, the mother and the child had gone missing. So we needed to identify who they were um, through, uh, we knew who the mother was because of records on the trailer. So we had to identify who the daughter was. The mother was an alleged prostitute. Um, we needed to find out where she was, but we didn't have a name for the daughter. And this little girl was how old? She was um, assumed to be five years old by the neighbor's estimates. Okay. So we figured she was in either kindergarten or first grade based on her age. Uh, sometimes in human trafficking situations what we've learned is that a child may be held away from school and not enrolled because if they're in the school system, uh, more red flags go up and uh, the system DFS in the school may be aware of what's going on. They may uh, notice that abuse is going on, that a child may be missing due to illness or injury um, more frequently or they may notice bruising. Um, unusual behaviors and uh, bring in Division of Family Services or the police. So, um, and Dottie can speak to that somewhat probably. Well, um, it, sounds, it sounds like those, with the allegations that you started out with, there would have been enough for um, law enforcement to get involved somehow. What happened with that? Did you talk to law enforcement? Well, you would think, yeah, um, and we did talk to law enforcement. We talked to the police and they were aware of some drug activity in the neighborhoods, uh, two neighborhoods, one where the, the not, well, actually one neighborhood, one where we had traced um, one of the vehicles to, which is an alleged um, uh, whorehouse. And this is alleged by uh, the maternal grandmother of the child in question. Okay. Uh, we don't have proof that it's a whorehouse, but all of the family members uh, of the child that we were able to track down state that the mother of the child is a prostitute and is working out of the house. And, uh, and weren't the police you able were, to identify um, the person that was doing the pimping besides the mother? Yes. Yep. And, and this we did uh, identify the person who was doing the pimping or alleged pimping. And, and this, uh, is a, this is a man, correct? Correct. Correct. And uh, the maternal grandmother actually stated that uh, she had a phone conversation with the associate of the pimp who said that um, the mother belonged to him. What was she going to do about it? Um, because their, let's see, local well-known attorneys and police are his clients. The pimp's clients. Right. Okay. So we contacted the FBI. Okay. And the FBI took the information and uh, they unfortunately were unable to open an investigation into public corruption because they did not have enough to go on. And did this man have a criminal history? He does have a history, a uh, criminal history that shows up on CaseNet, which is Missouri's uh, public record uh, court database, and unfortunately it's mostly traffic violations, a long, long, long history of traffic violations. So, But no criminal, but no 
specific criminal acts? No, no criminal acts. Nope. Hmm. So he gets pulled over quite a bit uh, for, uh, you know, failure to display an insurance card, failure to have people wearing seatbelts. Okay. Now, ultimately, you were able to, to locate this child, correct? That's correct. Um, we actually had contacts uh, who were able to tell us what school she was going to, and we went into the school and checked in the yearbook to find out uh, she wasn't going to the school where she was living in the trailer, but we were able to find out through the court's system and the mother's name um, who her father was. And unfortunately, usually the court system does not list a minor's name in public records. It, it should be listed as the minor child. But for some unusual mistake, which worked to our benefit, they actually listed the child's full name in the public records. Okay. And we were able to go ahead and contact the child's guardian ad litem, who, oddly enough, had also represented the, uh, the pimp, or the alleged pimp, previously in one traffic violation, which did go criminal. I see. So that was the that was the only uh, that was the only criminal charge that he did have it was just a traffic violation that did go uh, to a misdemeanor. Okay, so but so uh, part of your process um, is you were able to build a profile on both the mother and the alleged pimp, right? By interviews with neighbors, interviews with school personnel, interviews with their other relatives. Right. Okay. And all of the relatives um, and the neighbors were extremely consistent in their concerns about the child, their concerns about the mother, and their concerns about uh, the man who they stated was pimping the mother, and uh, that the child was a lot of times with the mother in the alleged whorehouse. All right. And even though you've, you've found where this child is and you know at least um, that she's alive, you're still concerned for her safety and you have not ever been able to get any law enforcement ag agency to get involved. Absolutely. We had contacted DFS. As a matter of fact, I arranged a meeting between all of the grandparents, there's, um, it's kind of a, a split up family. Um, you know, the, the parents are not married and never were. Um, the parents were not willing to go to DFS, but the grandparents were all willing to go to DFS. The okay. grandparents are divorced. DSS is Department of Social Services? Absolutely. Okay. We went to them. And I, I had reported separately, uh, made a separate report as a mandated reporter having formerly worked for CASA, uh, as a CASA court-appointed special advocate in a guardian ad litem. And that means that I am legally obligated to report uh, okay. to the Division of Family Services when I feel that a child is endangered. Melinda, we're going to take a quick break. Sure. More on the topic of children for sale coming up. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. 
For a national association, Francie's Choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on PIs Declassified. IRB Search is simply the best online data provider for locating people, businesses, and assets. IRB Search gives you strength in numbers. With one click, you can access billions of records. Even with partial information on your subject, IRB Search instantly returns current and past addresses, phone numbers, and more. Call IRB Search today at 1-800-447-2112 to sign up. Mention PIs Declassified and you'll receive a two-week trial of 100 free searches to get started. Call one 800-447-2112 to find out why IRB Search is simply the best. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. I'm talking with Melinda Kidder, a licensed PI in Missouri, and Dottie Laster, trainer, consultant, an expert on the subject of human trafficking. Cases of human trafficking have been found in all 50 states. I'm reading from the federal law, which is USC 7102, parens 8, and it says, human trafficking is a serious federal crime with penalties of up to imprisonment for life. It defines severe forms of trafficking in persons as sex trafficking, in which the com- a commercial sex act is induced by force, fraud, or coercion, or in which a pr- the person induced to perform such an act has not attained 18 years of age, or the recruitment, harboring, transportation, provision, or obtaining of a person for labor or services through the use of force, fraud, or coercion for the purpose of subjection to involuntary servitude, peonage, debt bondage, or slavery. In short, as Dottie told us earlier, human trafficking is modern-day slavery. Now, I'm reading from a press release that's dated February 23, 2009, from the Federal Bureau of Investigation, and it says, entitled, 48 Children Recovered in Operation Cross-Country 3. And it says, this operation, known as Operation Cross-Country 3, included enforcement operations in 29 cities across the country and led to the recovery of 48 children being prostituted domestically. In addition, 571 criminals were arrested on a combination of state and federal charges for the domestic trafficking of children for prostitution and solicitation. So Melinda was just telling us about her frustration with the case that she was working on in her um, location in Missouri. And Melinda, you were talking about um, trying to get Department of Social Services involved on this case. So go ahead with that. Sure. Well, 
again, um, you know, having been a mandated reporter and contacting them, one of the things that we found out that uh, seems to be frustrating about the system is that when we contacted them, when I contacted them as a mandated reporter, one of the things that I found out is that all that is done is that they will contact the family by phone or by letter and ask, do you need assistance? Well, Department of a child minister or a human trafficker of children, my first response is probably going to be a no. Probably so not. that to me seems to be a drawback in that system. Um, then we went ahead and arranged a meeting for all of the grandparents uh, who had previously reported and felt that they had not gotten any assistance um, from Division of Family Services. So I went in with them along with witness statements in addition to uh, those from the family members and presented them to DFS. So we had a supervisor, a uh, social worker, uh, all of the grandparents and myself, and again, we were turned away after our meeting. Um, they even tried to push away the witness statements and not take them, and finally they agreed to take them. Nothing was done. The child did make a direct disclosure to a friend of the paternal grandmother who is a social worker, and unfortunately that woman was unable to make a direct report due to a family emergency that happened later that night after the disclosure, but the child has disclosed. Okay. Um, and I think it's important to note, Melinda's just asking for an investigation. You know, right. we'd, we'd love to see it proved that, that these allegations are wrong or that they're correct, you know, but, but all she was asking is to open investigation. Absolutely. And we understand that a lot of these are, are allegations. You know, these are, these are statements made by individuals. We don't have a whole lot of hard evidence. And, and these individuals could have personal agendas as well, as we all know. Sure. There's always personal agendas in any case where there's, there's a child involved, and where, especially where there's a family that's so split up as this and so splintered. That always needs to be taken into account. But the one thing that, that needs to stand out in this case is that no matter how much a lot of these people dislike each other, the consistency here is that everyone concerned thinks that the child needs help. Okay. So, Dottie, how do you identify a victim of human trafficking? What are some of the, what are some of the criteria you look at? Well, um, the most important thing that's very easy to remember is that any minor, anyone under 18, involved in commercial sex, and commercial sex is stripping, pornography, or prostitution, is a victim of trafficking. So that's the first way. Any minor, you'll see cases in the news all the time um, where minors are talked about being in commercial sex, yet they're not identified as victims and the adults around them are not charged. And it's very frustrating to see that. Then, in addition, it can be anyone who's either here in the United States legally or illegally or a U.S. citizen. So it can be anyone who is held in service of another. So the indicators would be they're trying to be invisible. Um, they're working just every time you're at this restaurant, yet you never see any progress. You don't see possessions. Uh, you see them taken to and from work under some sort of escort or monitoring. Um, you may see them with, the, I mean, all my victims have been starved at some point. I, I've not had one yet that hadn't had food withheld. As a, as a way of keeping them compliant. Um, you will see branding or scarring to um, actually mark them. There was a case where the, the trafficker tattooed roosters on all those 120 victims, and it was great evidence once they got to court. Mm -hmm. um, but if you look around and see 120 teenage girls with the same tattoo on the same arm, that might be an indicator, especially when it's a rooster. Um, you know, very unusual things like that. There was another pimp that marked all his girls with a diamond-encrusted P uh, on a necklace. So all his girls were marked with that necklace. Mm -hmm. um, 
Probably chronic runaways would be a, a factor. Absolutely. If, if you have a runaway, um, definitely they need to be really, really scanned in, in, in um, um, what am I talking about? You need to screen them because they are targeted relentlessly. And if we ever get a handle on the number of runaways that have been put into um, trafficking, I think the number will be astonishing. And we're starting to get a handle. A wonderful organization, Shared Hope International, reviewed the court records um, for about a year, only in one juvenile court in Nevada, and they found 1,500 um, missed victims of trafficking. Well, I'm looking at some stats. For instance, the U.S. Department of State, the facts about child sex tourism of 2005, it says one million uh, children are exploited by global commercial sex trade every year. Another stat is there's 161 countries identified as affected by human trafficking, 127 countries of origin, 98 transit countries, and 137 destination countries, and that's from the uh, UN Office on Drugs and Crime. And yes, our organization Million Kids is named Million Kids to point out that 1.2 million kids are trafficked each year. Right. In addition, there was a study done by the University of Pennsylvania School of Social Work in 2002, funded by the Department of Justice, that says 244,000, now this is in 2001, 244,000 American children and youth are estimated to be at risk of child sexual exploitation, including commercial. Yes. And, and I'm sure uh, as I said, if that. one juvenile court over a period of about a year had 1,500, can you imagine how many? That's just a small snapshot. Well, who can are the imagine? clients? Hmm? Who are the clients of these children of sex? You know, the clients are outstanding members of the community, teachers, doctors, lawyers, elected officials. Husbands, why, uh, husbands, fathers, brothers. Um, I've worked several cases recently. Um, one in particular stands out where a woman who was married 37 years, 37 years that she thought, and she had been faithful, she thought she would swear her husband had been faithful, um, and she found out he had been stopping off at the local brothel, and it's been over $200,000 in a two-year period at the brothel. And he actually bought a prostitute and left her. So once these, once these customers start, they don't quit, and they escalate into whatever their needs are. It, it's often that to sell sex, to keep them coming back, they'll sell younger and younger sex, or they'll sell more violent sex, or they'll, they'll make some sort of perversion to where, you know, I'm talking about the pimps and the sellers, will create this illusion and perversion to keep the, the, the buyers coming back for more. And there's more demand than there is supply. So it only stands to reason when you do the math that you have to compel, coerce, and force. And uh, it's very out of control. My clients have seen between six was the low number that I had up to 40 men a day. So 40 men a day with multiple girls, I mean thousands of girls in, in, in cities, those are people you know going to see them. Okay. I advise married women now to use safe sex practices right. because I've held so many hands now of, of wives who didn't know who wound up with STDs. Right. Um, that, that's very important. Dottie Lester, back, short, back shortly. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALIC. 
It's the largest association of its kind in the world. Cali's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact Cali at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's Choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat show with Dr. Papasilli, radio to thrive by. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. Private investigator Melinda Kidder and human trafficking expert Dottie Laster are increasing our awareness of the escalating crime of selling children for sex. Melinda's just been telling us um, a little bit about a very frustrating case she had with a five or six-year-old girl in her area. Melinda, what would you like our listeners to remember from this show? Well, as we were talking on the break, uh, I think awareness is, is one of the biggest keys um, I think in martial arts, that's one of the biggest things we teach our students, and it, it, it's all-encompassing in life, um, awareness of our surroundings, awareness of the things around us, and it, you, you know, you don't have to live your life in red alert mode, but just being aware of the little things, and specifically in this case, we're talking about children, um, acknowledge them, you know, let them know that you're available, um, let them know that you care. Even if it's just a smile, a wave, um, acknowledge those children and let them know that you're a safe individual and let them see that you're there if, if they need you. Well, and, and I guess it boils down to it's just being aware when something's out of sync. If something's out of sync, it probably it feels out of sync. It probably is. Absolutely. Go with your gut. Yeah. Dottie, how about you? What would you like our listeners to remember? I would like them to remember that any minor, any minor in commercial sex is a victim of trafficking. And anyone who's buying sex or, or prostituting or in any way associated with the prostitution or stripping or pornography involving minors can face a federal life sentence. And so we need to use those sentences and we need to protect those children. Okay. And, and again, why, uh, a little bit about your training, Dottie. Why don't you um, 
tell people how to contact you in case they would like to uh, enlist you for their training? Yes, you can reach me through my website at laughterglobal.com, and that's L-A-S-T-E-R-G-L-O-B-A-L.com. Um, you can email me there. My mobile number is on that site. I would love to come to your community and build a safe network for children and let your community um, be able to say we are hostile to human traffickers. You need to go somewhere else. Um, we can definitely help you do that. Um, the other thing is that I'm launching a new radio show beginning August 19th on Hear Women Talk Network, and that's hear, H-E-R-E, womentalk.com, and our show is called Trafficked, and we will take this discussion further. I thank you so much, Francie, for beginning the discussion here today. Well, and, and tell us, uh, you're quite welcome, Dottie, and tell us uh, just real briefly about millionkids.org. Yes, millionkids.org, and you can reach it at that website, is a nonprofit organization, and our role is to strengthen other nonprofits that may be doing something else, and they happen along trafficking victims. And we want to help them to have education, training, and um, be able to serve those victims. And uh, as you'll see, if you visit that site, it's quite a, a brilliant idea launched by our founder, Kerry Decker. Um, he has worked in Cambodia serving victims of trafficking for many years. And he wanted to make sure that we could, uh, that we could help move other organizations to continue their good work. Very good. Very good. And well, you can donate online at millionkids.org. Oh, that's great. Thank you. I'm glad you thought of saying that. Um, <laughs> Listeners, if you're interested in learning more about human trafficking or would like Dottie to conduct training for you, go to LasterGlobal, L-A-S-T-E-R-G-L-O-B-A-L.com or to MillionKids.org. One word, M-I-L-L-I-O-N-K-I-D-S.org. And as she said, Dottie is starting her own, hosting her own radio show called Trafficked on Hear Woman Talk Radio at HearWomenTalk.com. H-E-R-E-W-O-M-E-N-T-A-L-K.com. If you're looking for a licensed private investigator in the Missouri area, Melinda can be reached at ColumbiaInvestigator.com. Uh, one word, ColumbiaInvestigator.com. If you want to report a case of suspected child trafficking, call the National 24-7 Toll-Free Human Trafficking Resource Center at 1-888-373-7888. One eight eight eight. It's hard to say. One eight 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 three seven three seven eight eight eight. You can also call the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children hotline. One eight hundred the lost. One eight hundred the lost. Or you can contact the FBI office, FBI field office nearest you. If you cannot get assistance from any of these sources, contact Dottie or Melinda, who will be very happy to help. Thank you to our sponsors. IRB Search, and Merlin Information Services, data providers to private investigators and related professions, and to PI Magazine, and to PI Museum, the, only, the world's only museum dedicated to finding, acquiring, preserving, and displaying treasures from PI history. Next week, join me again as we declassify more real stories from real investigators. Every Thursday morning, 12 noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, all shows are archived and can be downloaded to MP3 or iTunes 24 hours after the live broadcast. And if you have an idea for a show, please contact me at francie at pisdeclassify.com. It's PIs Declassified. I'm Francie Kaler. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to P.I.'s Declassified with your host, Francie Kaler. Tune in every Thursday at noon Eastern Time. That's 9 a.m. for you West Coast listeners. P.I.'s Declassified explores stories of deceit, mystery, and detectives unraveling the truth. Every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, here on the Voice America Variety Channel.